0: Hey guys, welcome to episode number five of Prospect Barn. Uh, I'm Curtis Ratner. And I'm Jeff Leiford. Uh We have a very interesting episode for you guys today. We're going to recap some uh, rookie news around the NHL and then pretty much go through a complete overhaul of the World Junior Tournament. Uh, it was a great tournament. A lot of exciting
1: things happened and uh, I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, we've had a lot happen since our last podcast. Um, some scoring race changes for the rookies. Uh, a lot of rookies stepping up on their teams, and especially the World Juniors, a lot going on, a lot of controversial endings to that tournament as well.
0: Yeah, there was uh, definitely some controversy in that tournament. We'll get into the camera a little bit, which is obviously some of the biggest controversy. I know there's a lot of uh, Russian hockey fans that weren't too happy with that, but uh, I mean, it is what it is. You know, that sports stuff happens like that, so uh, really nothing can be done about it now, but... Uh, before we really get into World Juniors, uh, we'll talk about the rookies in the NHL, as we've been doing with our previous episodes, and uh, Buffalo's Victor Olafson, despite getting hurt last Thursday, is now out five to six weeks, which is a huge loss for them. He uh, he actually passed Kael McCarr in the uh, rookie scoring race. Now he's got uh, 16 goals and 19 assists for 35 points in 42 games, which... Uh, Again, I know we've said it before, but a very impressive season that nobody really expected
1: from him. Yeah, this is not good for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Olsen, one of their top goal scorers uh, this year right now. And Buffalo, they're kind of following the same path path that they did last year. Um, Jack Eichel is trying as best as he can to keep them afloat, but they are they keep falling further and further away from the playoff spot. So uh, they need him back, but it's not going to be anytime soon. So we'll see if they can keep it up.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a never ending story with Buffalo, just never being able to be consistent all throughout the year, but uh, I mean, they definitely look like they have a great young player in Olafson and hopefully someone they can re sign and keep long term there and maybe one one of these years finally turn it around. But again, okay, it's it's not like it's gonna be this year, especially with him going out four to six weeks now. Uh Kale McCarr returned from injury recently and picked right up picked up right where he left off. Uh, this kid's unbelievable. Uh through 37 games, he's got 33 points as a rookie defenseman that's unheard of. He's playing over 20 minutes a game. I mean, he's an absolute stud back there and one of my favorite players to watch already in the league. Yeah, he's
1: amazing. Um, uh, he definitely like helps uh, Nathan McKinnon out a lot back there, and uh, they're a really good team. They're definitely a cup contender in my eyes right now, so we'll see if Colorado um, can keep it going the rest of the year. I believe they're going to. I think they're going to roll through the West. Um, they're such a good team this year. And uh, Kael McCarr is definitely right up there for win rookie of the year.
0: Yeah, he's definitely in that race, especially with Olsen going out four to six weeks. I think this brings the uh, the Calder race back to his favor. You have Quinn Hughes, obviously, who's steadily still having a very good season. Uh, Nick Suzuki has picked it up a lot in Montreal. And uh, were you able to see the goal uh, Martin Neckass scored yesterday against Arizona?
1: Oh uh, Yeah, that was unbelievable. He's such a good player. I was just about to mention him.
0: So, yeah, Martin Neckass has been picking it up. Uh, Dominic Kubelik in Chicago is a a bright young star, I'd say, or starting to become one. He's definitely surprised a lot of people. Adam Fox, we've talked about a little bit. Uh, Really consistent. Uh, He's putting up solid numbers right now. He's got 24 points through 43 games as a rookie, but he's... What's impressed me most is his composure with the puck. Uh, being a Rangers fan, I get to watch him most nights, and uh, he, it's his his composure with the puck. He never seems to be phased, and that's something you really you really want to see out of a young defenseman. Uh, something else that needs to be mentioned is Ilya Mikheyev is out for the year in Toronto after that great start. It's a it's a big loss for them. Uh, another guy that has shocked a lot of people with season so far, but uh, yeah, he, I'm not even exactly sure what uh what his diagnosis was. I
1: know it was torn, it was torn, uh, something in his, was it hand? you know, Jeff? Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't really look into it yet. Um, but that, that does sound like it could be right. It's uh brutal for them. And, um, he was having a great season so far. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was his hand was, uh, it's torn open,
0: which is never you never want to see for anyone, regardless of you know the circumstance, the situation, but especially a young player that's finally starting to come to his own. Uh, it's very unfortunate for the Leafs. A couple more rookies I feel like mentioning right now: uh, Kirby Doc, uh, eleven points through thirty-nine games. Obviously, not putting up crazy offensive numbers. But he's establishing himself as a solid NHL player, which is what you want to see as an 18-year-old very early in his career. He's looked respectable. And uh, Phillips Zadina as well, who a lot of people were considering calling a bust already. I know it's so early to call him a bust, but uh, 11 points through 20 games since being recalled. Uh, he's got an unbelievable shot, great offensive ability, but he just needs to put his full 200-foot game together before he's fully going to be an NHL player. But uh, I, think, I think he's taken immense stride
1: since being recalled. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that as well. Um, and also, two guys that we have to man- mention every podcast because um, who they are and their draft pick uh, Jack Hughes, Capo Kako. Uh, they're both neck and neck right now at 16 points. Uh, not having the best years. They both could have. Uh, everyone thought they were both going to have way better years, I thought. Um, especially Capo Kako. He's just not put up the points I think people thought he would, but he is only 18 years old. So. Um, He's, he's very young, and so is Jack Hughes. So we'll see if they can pick up the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, for me, the most notable stat from Kako is the minus 17. I know he's a rookie. He's a young player. just he so much you need to learn when you're getting ready to be an NHL player. But uh, the minus 17 is definitely alarming. It's by far the lowest of anyone near the rookie scoring leaders, uh, the dash 17. So that's, that's something that the Rangers are going to need him to improve on, and he's going to need to really tighten up his defensive game moving forward if he wants to uh, be an all-time great NHL player, which I think a lot of people think he has the skill set
1: to do. Definitely. I feel like something, someone we definitely have to mention on this podcast right now is Tristan Jari, uh, goalie of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, he's been unbelievable right now. He's c- kind of taken uh, uh, Matt Murray's job, I'd say. He's, uh, his stats right now are off the charts, and Matt Murray... Uh, he did, I don't know if you saw that game last night. He did get a win, but he did let in a goal from center ice in the dump-in. So he's definitely he's definitely rattled right now, and, that, and uh, Tristan Jari is playing uh, off the charts.
0: Yeah, Tristan Jari has been unbelievable Pittsburgh, and they've been so hurt, and uh, they really needed him. Uh, he actually was named in the All-Star game, which is great for him as a replacement. So uh, very happy for Jari and very happy for, uh, I guess, Pittsburgh organization that they're getting some quality goaltending right now with Murray struggling. Uh, last thing I want to talk about before we go into the World Junior Tournament is uh, Igor Shestjorkin The era has finally arrived in New York. He made his NHL debut the there tonight against the Colorado Avalanche and got a win. And then he played again the other night, two and zero in his NHL career. Obviously, very uh, very early in his career, but he's looked very very good. I'd say the fir- he let in two goals on his first four shots uh, in the game against Colorado a few nights ago. But uh I mean one of them was a breakaway, one of them was a deflection. So you couldn't knock him too hard for that. But uh he's looked unbelievable settling in after that he showed great composure, not seemed to be phased by the moment and uh yeah, 2-0 in his young NHL
1: career. So, great news for Ranger fans. The uh the Igor era is uh is officially arrived. Yeah, I didn't get to watch any- either of his games, but I did watch the highlights and uh yeah, he looked great, he looked composed in that. Um yeah, it's- he is, uh, he is starting his career with the Rangers, and it looks like uh, Lundqvist might be on his way out. I don't know if he's going to stay in another year or two. We'll they'll see what they do with him, but um, Lundqvist might be on his way out of Broadway. Yeah, it's such an interesting situation with the Rangers and Lundqvist. You
0: know that you've heard about it for years. And when they had uh playing in the KHL, lighting it up, you heard, "Oh, this kid's going to be unbelievable! Like he's going to take over for Lundqvist one day." But I don't think really everyone expected him and Georgiev to be this far ahead of the curve this early. So. Uh, it's, it's said it's one of the most interesting situations right now. The Rangers are planning on keeping three goalies uh, for the meantime. So I don't know how you're gonna split up all that ice time between the three of them. But uh, for right now, they're riding with three. I think you need to give Shcherbukin minutes while he's playing this well. He's the goalie of your future. You you don't want to mess around with that and uh, and kind of just you know let him let him go cold. If, if he's hot, let him get used to NHL. Let him let him adapt, and hopefully you can be your starting goalie next
1: ten years. So. Uh, very interesting situation yeah exactly the rangers you know they're like uh eight points six points out of the playoffs right now so they get to ride the hot the hot player and uh he looks to be it so we'll see if they can move up in the standings in the next few weeks here and uh just real quickly before we move on uh justin williams uh signs a year deal with the uh, carolina hurricanes you know this guy's definitely not a, a rookie or a prospect he's been in the nhl for a long time um one of the best players ever laced him up uh he took uh, most of the year off, but he's uh, he thinks that Carolina Hurricanes could be a cup-contending team this year, and uh, he can help them out. So he signed the contract worth $700,000 uh, for the rest of the season, and uh, they're a very good team this year, and he wants to make another push to the Stanley Cup Finals with them.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's huge news for them. Anytime you can get a veteran leader like that, he was your captain last season. Uh, I mean, that's just huge for them. It brings all the boys together in the locker room, and uh, big news for the Hurricanes and it should help uh, – help them hopefully secure a playoff spot. Moving on, we're going to break down the uh, 2020 World Junior Tournament in the Czech Republic. And uh, I don't know about you, Jeff, but I thought this was one of the most up-and-down entertaining tournaments we've seen in a while. There was just so much going on. Upsets during at all points of the tournament. Sweden continued its domination through the preliminaries. Uh, Canada
1: and Russia had an unbelievable gold medal game. I thought it was a great tournament all around. Yeah, I mean, it opened up pretty much with uh, the Czech Republic, the home team, beating Russia. So that was pretty insane. And uh, yeah, the whole tournament was uh, very competitive. A lot of good players out there. So it was awesome to watch. I could say Kalen Addison, the uh, Pittsburgh defenseman,
0: Canadian. Uh, I thought he was unbelievable in this tournament. Uh, just, I think he was the most... He looked like the most NHL-ready defenseman of anyone here. Uh, just so poised with the puck, so smart. He played power play, penalty kill, didn't matter. Uh, he was, in my eyes, the Canadian's best defenseman, the tournament's best defenseman, and uh, someone that I definitely knew about going into the tournament but definitely didn't think his uh, his game was at this level at this po- at this point.
1: Yeah, that's, I agree with you 100%. And uh, even though this guy has some controversy with him during the tournament, uh. uh Hayden Barrett was I think the best player on the ice uh those that gold medal game that he was he was such a good player out there is he looks like he's definitely NHL ready uh and from Team Canada and he brought uh Canada to the gold medal so that guy impressed me a lot he's gonna make an unbelievable NHL player is definitely one of the best Canadian performances I've seen in a long time which is saying something with all the talent they've had on their roster.
0: Yeah, Barrett Hayden had an unbelievable tournament. Uh, there was question of whether he even play or not in the gold medal game. Over an hours before puck drop, it was looking like he wasn't gonna play. But it's uh, the thing about hockey players in general. They know that they'll do anything. They they'll do anything to play. So uh, shows how tough he is. Uh, Hayton registered six goals and six assists for twelve points in seven games, including obviously the gold medal. Uh, but yeah he was unbelievable it seemed to be Canada's best player maybe with the exception of Lafreniere who was absolutely ridiculous we'll talk about him in a minute but uh, yeah Barrett Hayton was unbelievable
1: he had a great tournament and uh, I think many people expected that too yep and uh, I know uh, I uh, from USA Trevor Zgrass, uh you can't not bring him up five games, nine assists and a plus six uh, he was pretty unbelievable even though USA uh, once again they seem like they just can't get it done, uh, especially against Finland. They always seem to lose to Finland now nowadays. But he was unbelievable. Like the passes he was making, it looks like he should be in the NHL right now. I don't know why he's not, but uh, he had a great tournament. Yeah, Trevor Zeger was
0: unbelievable. He was by far the American's best player. I think that goes without questioning. Uh, the Americans had a very disappointing tournament. Uh, a lot of players didn't live up to uh, potential hype. I was I was disappointed with the play of Keandre Miller, who I had a lot of hope for. He had an awful turnover in the uh, preliminary game against Canada. Right after they tied it up, he just gave tried to make a D to D pass across the middle. That Lafreniere knocked out of midair and went into scoring to in a breakaway. away. Uh, but back to Zegers, yeah, that kid was absolutely unbelievable. Some breathtaking, no look passes. Uh, making moves through his own legs and then setting guys up—it was uh, it was really cool to watch. And uh, not that I didn't—I think Trevor Zegers was a guy that was very overshadowed by some of the other guys in that uh, NTDP program. And uh he, he just looked unbelievable when he got a chance to shine and show his game off. He made some unbelievable passes, nine assists. It was uh, it was something spectacular to watch, and definitely uh, the the best part, uh, the best thing for USA in this tournament was
1: Trevor Zegers exactly and uh, yeah guys like Cole Caulfield kind of had a disappointing tournament uh I believe he only had one goal um so and you know him he's supposed to come in and score all the goals for uh, Team USA and help him win the gold medal but uh, he didn't really step up like he needed to uh it was kind of tough to watch some days yeah definitely there was some
0: tough things to watch there uh other good Amer- other notable American to talk about uh I thought Shane Pinto played pretty solid uh, four goals three assists for seven points in five games uh, nothing too crazy, obviously, but yeah, he, he uh he had a couple of big goals and really looked to be a consistent player for the U.S. And then the other guy I want to mention is Arthur Kaliev, who fell just out of the first round. I know he was very upset by that. He wanted to be a first round pick. He think he deserved it, and I think uh I think he played well enough to prove that he definitely could have been considered for one, and uh, potentially could be considered a steal
1: moving down uh, a couple of years from now. And uh, you uh have to mention the. Uh, team Canada's goalie uh I believe it's Joel Hoffer I believe that's how you pronounce his name um but yeah he's unbelievable his stats for the whole tournament were unheard of numbers uh he's definitely a huge reason why they were able to beat Russia in that final in that final game
0: yeah he was great um only allowing nine goals all tournament on 148 shots it's uh very impressive for him and no re- uh no surprise why the uh while the Canadians were victorious in the end uh i think Spencer Knight had a little bit of a disappointing tournament not crazy he was left out to dry a lot but uh again didn't didn't play overly well and uh i don't know i just i thought that the Americans as a whole were disappointing for sure uh real quick we obviously have to mention the leading goal scorer or leading point scorer in the tournament and that was Samuel Fogemo from Sweden 7 games 8 goals 5 assists for 13 points uh very impressive tournament for him. I thought he looked great and uh, definitely opened some eyes to, uh, regarding his future. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the Kings draft pick had a great tournament. Uh, only 19 years of age, still a lot of room to grow. And uh, I don't think many people had him leading the tournament in points at the uh, at the start of it. Uh, another Swede that I feel worth mentioning is uh, Nil's Highlander, who obviously scored that unbelievable cross style goal that we've seen Svechnikov score twice now in the NHL. Uh, I love how creative all these young players are. Uh, the ability to pull that off in a game, uh, as such a young kid, as such a big game is, is unbelievable. Hoglander had uh, five goals and six assists for 11 points through seven games and was, uh, I think, Sweden's all-around best player, probably. Either him or Rasmus Dean had a great tournament as well. But uh, very impressive stuff from Hoglander, and you know Canucks fans are just can't wait for a few years down the road because they've got some unbelievable talent coming through
1: their system. Uh, yeah, there's... They're uh, definitely need those young guys coming in because their team is very very old right now, um, so and they're just not competing with the top teams anymore. So they do need that help. They do get some good guys coming in. Uh, it's an exciting time uh, for Kings fans in the next few years.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna be very excited moving forward. Uh, Next person to talk about, I guess, is probably the best Russian player. He was arguably their best player last year, uh, returning as their captain. And that's Grigory Denisenko. Uh, only three goals and six assists, nine points through seven games, which is, I guess, not overwhelming. But uh, I think he was Russia's best player all around. He's a uh, he's an unbelievable talent. And Florida Panthers fans, get ready for him because this kid can shoot the puck
1: like like very few. Yeah, he's a great player. Um, definitely look out for him in the future, uh, making his NHL debut. Um, it's gonna be great over the next few seasons. I I just love like watching this tournament right now and seeing all the young talent come through and just thinking those guys are gonna be in the NHL in a few years because uh, we've seen it before with this tournament and all the guys that have turned heads. Uh, a lot of them uh, have great start have great careers in the NHL, so it's a lot of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, moving down the list of Canadians here, uh, Dylan Cousins had another had a very solid tournament. Uh, I think he was probably one of Canada's best two-way players all tournament. Uh, two goals and seven assists for nine points in seven games, but uh, so responsible, so smart with the puck, and someone that I think you could tell already will, will be very mature uh, as a player, regardless of his age moving forward, and hopefully can be an NHL player very soon. I think he was just... His uh, his poise with the puck and his ability to make decisions regardless of how uh, how hard he was being pressured was unbelievable. I think the Germans had a very surprising tournament. They played a lot of good games despite not many people not giving them a chance. Uh, you don't really think of much when it comes to German hockey, obviously. They're not a big powerhouse. But uh, I think Dominic Bach, the 2018-25th overall pick to St. Louis, uh, I thought he was very good. Six goals, two assists for uh, eight points in five games. He had a couple of nice goals. Uh, very, very crafty player.
1: And it uh, seems like St. Louis had a very good pick with 25 with Bach. He uh, he had a very solid tournament. Yeah, uh, this Germany team is not like the German team everyone's used to seeing this year. Uh, they were bigger and they were tougher. Uh, they were a lot better skiers, And like I remember watching them play in these tournaments and uh uh, they were great to watch they definitely like they gave usa a fight for a long time they gave some other teams a fight as well so it was fun to watch them they were never completely out of the game uh the first two periods
0: yeah sticking on the german trend uh germany's probably their biggest player of the tournament more at cedar uh he was a sixth overall pick to detroit last draft and uh, a lot of people thought Detroit reached for him. He was projected originally to go in probably the late 20s. I saw him move up to the teens. Detroit ended up taking him at six. But uh, I mean, so far, it looks like it was a solid pick. This kid had a great tournament. He's absolutely huge. And I mean, everything is just so mature in his game already. Six foot four, 198, uh, 198 pounds. The kid's kid's an absolute tank and seems to be have a great skill set to
1: go along with that size. I could see him being a number one defensive in the NHL. Yeah, definitely they definitely took a chance on him. They're hoping it works out. <clears throat> um, they're definitely uh they're gonna need to step up um in the near future for him. So hopefully yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome for him if he does become a top two defenseman in the NHL. Another uh player I wanna mention is Nils Lundqvist,
0: uh New York Rangers first round pick from twenty eighteen. Uh one goal, seven assists for eight points in seven games, but again, another guy that the numbers aren't absolutely eye jarring. Obviously, over a point per game is good for defensemen, but uh, I think it's just some maturity, his ability to make decisions with the puck. He seems to be so calm, and it's just that's something you really can't stress enough with defensemen. The, the re- defensemen really need to have confidence back there. They need to be able to quarterback a power play, they need to be able to break the puck out with confidence. Uh, that first pass out of the zone is so crucial, and I thought Nils did a great job of uh, setting
1: the tone for Sweden pretty much all tournament back there. Yeah, that on that team Sweden, um, like they're unbelievable. They're probably if outside of Canada, they're probably the most talented like team in the tournament every year. Uh this like the the guys and the skill they have on that team is so much fun to watch. That's why I try to watch as much of the Sweden games as I can. Uh really, little upset they couldn't beat Russia in that um uh, semifinal game, but uh they did have a great team this year and they're they're always top four team in this tournament. Yeah, I don't mean
0: to be getting off track here. We're going to continue our list, but uh, one thing I want to mention is the IIHF and the they're, they're, how they go three-on-three three and shootouts still in elimination games. This is, I think, just, just garbage. Uh, nobody wants to see that in an elimination game. You want to see five-on-five five continuous the same way you see it in the NHL uh, for playoffs. I understand that these kids are playing something like, I think it's like seven games in nine days or something crazy like that, so... Trust me, I understand that it's a, it's a workload thing. You don't want to overwork these kids or get them hurt. But uh, I think in a game of that magnitude, it shouldn't be decided by three-on-three
1: three overtime. It just seems like it's not the right way to decide a game of that magnitude. Yeah, it just sucks for them um, just doing a shootout. like Even the NHL, I, I hate it in the NHL right now. I'd rather just see a 10-minute overtime period uh, than go to the shootout if you have to. But the shootout, yeah, it's just it's not as exciting as it used to be Like when NHL fans were younger. I, I think when you get older... Uh like it's not as fun to watch and it doesn't look like the players have that much fun doing it as well. So uh yeah, it's for a tournament like this it really it, it sucks that a game has to go down to a shootout, but um the IHF does have a few rules I disagree with, so it is what it is. Yeah. Moving back to the
0: uh the Swedes and another player I wanna mention from them is Victor Soderstrom. Uh, six points was a goal and five assists through seven games. He was another very solid defenseman, just seemed to be so calm, so poised back there, another guy that was just great player uh, for them and a big reason why they ended up meddling in this tournament. Uh, I guess really quickly there's two more guys I want to mention before we go down to our uh, breakdown of all the teams. That's Connor McMichael, the uh, first-round pick from the Caps last year. Uh, five goals, two assists, seven points in seven games, a point per game. But uh, some big goals, some big plays
1: when they really mattered most. And uh, another big reason why Canada ended up taking home gold. Uh, he's an unbelievable player, just like everyone on Canada. You can say about everyone on Canada every single year. Uh, they always make a name for themselves. And, uh, yeah, he, he stepped up when they needed it most and uh, he looked great all tournament
0: yeah exactly and the uh, last guy I want to mention here before we move on who I was so impressed with last year uh, still very impressed with him. I think I wouldn't say step back just I expected him to take another huge leap forward and I'm not sure he did that I think he'll be a great NHL player and that's Alexander Romanov the uh, Montreal Canadiens prospect he had a goal and five assists for six point two seven games and like I said, I wouldn't say took a step back, but I expected him to take a huge leap forward, and I'm not really sure that uh, he did so. He looked solid again. Do you think he was
1: Russia's best defenseman and uh, anchored their blue line all tournament? Yeah, he's just a he's just a big dude too. Like he like he's I think he's like five eleven, but like, he looks he seems a lot bigger on the ice. Um, just strong like a strong defenseman. It's a sh- it'll hopefully be a shutdown defenseman for Montreal, um, and hopefully a step up for them. But yeah, he's playing over in Russia right now, and uh, they definitely uh, they make strong players over there, and they, they usually do pretty well over in the NHL as well.
0: Moving on now, if he hadn't already solidified himself as number one pick, I think Alexi Lafreniere did just that this tournament. Uh, he was hurt. There was a question whether he'd return at all. Ended up missing two games, uh, but through the five games he played, four goals, six assists, ten points. That's two points a game, including some absolute beauties. Uh, the kid's skill set is unbelievable. Uh, it's very rare you see an underage player win MVP in this tournament, but uh, I get he's he's that good, he's that skilled, and uh, he he was a real treat to watch this year. After a somewhat disappointing tournament last year, but he was he was 17, so you got to give him a break there. But unbelievable tournament for Alexi Lafreniere, and pending some major injury, knock on wood, I think he's. 100% the first overall pick this year, this
1: June it's just
0: the kid's unbelievable
1: yeah he definitely has solidified himself as the number one pick uh this coming up draft I believe and uh unless some team whoever gets the first pick needs uh needs a defenseman I think they're going with him but um uh, yeah he was so much fun to watch he does not look like he doesn't look like he's not even draft like undrafted already like Such a great player to watch. 2001 he was born, so it's kind of crazy to look at for me to see he's going to be in the NHL when he's so young. But, um, uh, yeah, he had a great tournament, just like most of the players on Team Canada, and he's a big reason why they won.
0: Yeah, for sure. Huge reason. I mean, tournament MVP, obviously. It's kind of hard to argue with that. Um, uh, I want to talk about Sweden's ability to dominate in the group stage but once again not be able to come through in the medal rounds. Uh, That now marks 13 years, 52 straight games that Sweden has not lost a preliminary game in group play. Uh, Unbelievable. Every year the stat seems to be getting more impressive. You think they're finally going to lose a preliminary game one of these years. But no, they managed to go perfect through the prelims again. Uh, But then another disappointing... Performance in the medal
1: round and a tough loss to Russia. Yeah, I mean, when I first heard that sound, like, there's no way that's true. Like, that can't be, that cannot be right. But then it was obviously confirmed. And, uh, yeah, another loss to Russia, which that game, obviously an overtime game, was unbelievable to watch. Uh, So much fun. And uh, they just couldn't, they just couldn't get the puck in the net at the right time. So that's why uh, they lost to Russia. And, uh, obviously, Russia moved on to lose to Canada in the gold medal game.
0: One player I want to mention is uh, Quinton Byfield from Canada. Uh, I think he's still probably projected the second overall pick. He might have dropped a little bit, uh, but he, uh, I wouldn't say was invisible out there, but definitely didn't have the impact I thought he could. Like I said, it is so hard to have an impact as an underage player, and that's what—that's why what Lafreniere did is that much more impressive. But uh, I, I didn't see much from Quinton Byfield. He didn't play very many minutes, and he... Uh, I mean, obviously, won a gold medal, you can't blame Canada or their coaching staff for anything they decided to do, but uh, I guess I was a little shocked to
1: see how... I thought he was going to have a much bigger impact on that game and that team. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. This wasn't uh, the biggest impact he could have made. Uh, he's probably definitely... Obviously, won, but he's probably thinking he definitely could have played better just for himself.
0: Uh, a couple Swedish players that we forgot to mention earlier. Lucas Raymond, uh, probably projected top five overall pick. Uh Obviously, not exactly sure where he'll land, but I think it's safe to say that he'll be a top five pick. Uh, just unbelievable skill set, very, very calm, very, uh, very mature for his age. Unbelievable player. Uh, I thought he was great, and I thought Alexander Holtz was great as well. Uh, I mean, there's just it's so hard to just literally narrow down this tournament just a couple of players that stood out because the tournament you know it's a long tournament the teams are playing anywhere between you know 5 and 9 5 and 7 games and it's just I don't know it's just it's so hard to pinpoint just a couple of players that played well so I don't really know how I can go into much more detail than that but there's uh there was there's a bunch of young talent entering this year's draft and players that have been drafted these past couple of years and I think hockey in general is in a great spot with all this young talent, and
1: uh, I, I can't wait to see these kids lighting up the NHL in a few years. Yeah, it's great to see It's great to see the game growing and um, just all the teams that make it every year, especially the new teams coming in, like uh, like Germany, they don't make it every year. And uh, Kazakhstan, even though uh, they didn't have the best showing there in the tournament, so it's it's uh, good for them. But I think one thing we do have to bring up about this tournament is obviously the gold medal game and uh, what happened uh, at the end of the game. Because uh, I couldn't believe my eyes when it, uh, Russia got a power play about two minutes left in the game. And uh, so they pulled the goalie, so it was a six on four. And then Canada seemed to uh, throw it out of the their D zone, flip it over the glass for a delay game penalty. And the ref pointed out. out. So he saw it go out. But apparently it hit the camera and... They couldn't confirm that it was obviously going out into the stands, so they didn't call a penalty. It should have been a six-on-three for the final like minute thirty, which Russia, I think, one hundred percent would have scored there. And they, uh, and after that, after that penalty didn't go their way, uh, they took two penalties of their own, and uh, this kind of it all blew up in their faces, and they lost. So it was kind of disappointing for them. It was an absolutely bizarre ending.
0: Uh, something you couldn't, you couldn't make something like that up, honestly. That was just, I've never seen something like that. The, uh, I saw TSN posting pictures of the camera, like captioning at the real MVP, stuff like that. So, you know, obviously Canadians are having a good time with that, but, uh, uh, I it, said it's, it's really an awful thing to happen to Russia, uh, especially for these kids so young, you know, they play their hearts out and, uh, to, to have it kind of ripped away from you like that, kind of tough. Uh, I, I agree they would have scored on that six on three power play and that's just, like I don't it's something that obviously it's not I guess initially the ref's fault, but it's something that I think needs to be reviewed. It's something that needs to be uh a rule that needs to be changed, something like that, because like you said, that puck was out of play
1: and uh Russell deserved a power play right there and that completely changes the outcome of the game. Yeah, one thousand percent. And the thing is like in the first replay, like you can see the ref pointing over the glass. like He's pointing up with two fingers in his hands saying, two-minute penalty, and uh, then it hits the camera that's out of play. The camera is above the glass, out of play, uh, so I don't understand how they could not make that a penalty, but uh, the Russians were not very happy about it, and uh, I obviously I wanted to see OT, so I wasn't too happy about it also, so uh, but... Canada got away with one there, and the refs kind of helped them out. So it is what it is, and they're the gold medal champions.
0: Yeah, I think everyone, uh, unless you're a Canadian, wanted to see overtime for sure. Uh, overtime and elimination game is unbelievable. But like we said earlier, it would have been three-on-three three overtime and then a shootout, so that obviously wouldn't have been as exciting as it could have been if that was just continuous five-on-five. Five. But uh, yeah, I, I 100% agree the Russians kind of got – and they kind of got gypped on that, and it, it sucks to see as a as a hockey fan and someone who really just wanted to see the, uh, the two best teams play a game down to the wire, and the fact that it ended like that is very unfortunate. Another notable player from this tournament that I feel like we need to mention is Yaroslav Askarov, the Russian goalie. Uh, thought to be a top prospect for this year's draft, definitely the best draft eligible goalie, arguably the best goalie in the tournament. I think either him or Spencer Knight was probably thought to be moving in. Uh, Spencer Knight didn't have a great tournament, but uh, I thought Askarov was very shaky. He was pulled twice early in the tournament and uh, never seemed to get his game really back, and I think that was big for Russia. I think if he had been playing and been playing to the best of his ability, uh, the Russians would have had a much better chance of winning that tournament. Obviously, they made the finals. They made the gold medal game still, but... Uh, or unable to come through in the end. Uh, he's obviously a very young kid, and there's a lot of room to
1: grow. But uh, I thought it was a very disappointing showing for Askarov. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Like getting pulled twice in that that short term is not a good luck for him. Um, but yeah, like and uh, just say like, the team they played in gold medal game Canada. They really didn't have a number one goalie going into the tournament, and uh, uh, they they both stepped up, and especially one of them stepped up big. So. Uh, obviously that's a huge impact on the tournament and the standings.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it really just goes to show how important goaltending is. Goaltending is really uh, the backbone of every team. Uh, I don't care what level you're playing at, you're not going to without good goaltending. It doesn't matter how good your team is. So uh, I think Askarov has a lot of room to grow, and I think he could still be a very, very solid NHL goalie, uh, if
1: not an elite goalie one day, but a uh, disappointing tournament for sure. And uh, <clears throat> before we wrap it up, just want to, uh, me and Curtis, they get to go out to Vegas um, over the last weekend, and we watched uh, a college hockey tournament out there at T-Mobile Arena called the Fortress Invitational uh, between four teams, uh, Ohio State, uh, Army, Cornell, and, um, oh my God, I'm blanking. Providence. <laughs> in, Prov- in Providence calls. So all uh, all top four, all, all four of those teams are in the top 20 in the NCAA standings. Uh, so it was pretty cool to watch that. Um, uh, so it was two days of four hockey games, and uh, a, a lot of players that are drafted in that tournament. Uh, it was fun to watch them and uh, see where they really stand. And we had a couple standouts.
0: Yeah, it was it was really cool. There was a lot of great players. Uh, it was very cool to see a tournament like that live. I haven't been to a college hockey game in a couple of years at least, so that it was fun to be uh, to be in that environment again. Uh, I think. I think Cornell was the most impressive team all around. They were just so consistent. They were rolling four lines, and they were they were hitting anything that moved. Uh, but that being said, I thought everyone was good in that tournament. It was it was very exciting. It was great hockey and
1: uh, a, a really cool experience. Yeah, Providence didn't end up beating Cornell in a shootout to end that tournament. So we go back to our shootout talk. is not really what what you like to see ending a tournament, but um, they did end up winning it, and. Um, it's good for them. They, uh, they have a couple NHL draft picks uh, on that team, uh, just like the other team. So uh, it was a lot of fun to watch, and uh, it was a very good two days of hockey. Yeah,
0: Providence Hockey's, uh, I mean, they're having a great year, obviously. We've talked about them in our previous episodes where we recapped the NCAA standing, stuff like that. But uh, a very, very good team. Uh, Jack Duggan, most notably, is a Vegas draft pick. So that was cool for him to be able to go play. In T-Mobile in Las Vegas, kind of get a feel for the uh, arena. Obviously, the atmosphere is not going to be nearly the same as a college game was opposed to an actual Gold Knights game, where just a bunch of Golden Knights fans there. But uh, I thought that was a, I thought it was a cool experience for him, definitely, and uh, something that uh, he'll he'll remember for a long time for sure. Uh, I just want to thank you guys again for tuning in uh, Subscribing and rating Uh, It means a lot to us It's really cool to see the uh, See the ratings go up and down uh, Kind of vary a little (laughs) Hopefully they uh, tend to go more upward But uh, yeah it's been a lot of fun doing this podcast It's something that I never really Thought I'd be doing Maybe a couple years ago But I I really enjoy it And uh, it's something that I hope hope to Keep bringing you guys for a long time
1: yeah, we hope, we hope to keep doing this for a long time. Uh, definitely, uh, we, we try to hit all the good, all the prospects in the NHL, all the rookies, talk about uh, how they're doing and uh, how their teams are doing. So uh, it's fun to come at you every couple weeks with a new episode. And uh, thanks for sticking in with me, though. I was a little sick this episode, so uh, it was tough to get through. But I'm glad I did, and I'm glad we're going to be bringing you this episode.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I just want to mention again that if you guys have any questions for us or things you want us to talk about, you can uh, you can tweet at us. My uh, Twitter handle was at c ratner r a t t n e r one five and Jeff's is Jeff underscore Lifeford. So uh, like I said, anything you guys want to hear us talk about, maybe a specific player uh, in your team system you want us to mention, uh, let us know and we'll try to bring you guys as much information on those guys as possible. But uh, other than that, thank you guys.